you are listening to High TV, your place for cannabis news, insights, and information. If you're new to this podcast, you're a newbie. What's going on, newbie? Welcome to the show. Hope to see you soon. Just know when Monday morning comes and this podcast plays in your cars and your headphones, you will be the most informed person in cannabis in your circle. Stay tuned and stay high, folks. ITV. Welcome back to another episode of High TV's Cannabis News Now. As promised, we're going to give you an episode today on the Cannabis News of the Week and make sure you are the most informed person in your circle on cannabis. Now, that being said, don't you guys hate the person who passes you a joint or blunt, whatever you're smoking, and it's full of ash? I mean, what courtesy do you have? You know, I'm sitting right next to you. No, we all in this little set circle right now. Or if it's just two of us, why pass something that has an ash on it? I mean, I don't want ash in my clothes. You guys ever get ash in your clothes, try to wipe it away, and then there's like this nasty blue, black streak that's just there, you know, or white, gray, and black streaks. It's just not a good look. You know what I'm saying? It could be a new pants. It could be a new, a white shirt or a nice shirt. And now you got a joint on it. And shout out to all you guys who are professionals who may wear certain clothes while you're at work. And if you're smoking with your work clothes, that's the last thing you want to get on there, right? I mean, weed's legal, but who knows what your boss may think, right? Don't want to get the wrong idea of you. So if you are in a session with somebody, please ask before you pass. It's that easy. Ask. Ash. <laughs> Where was my mind? Ash before you cash, okay? All right, let's move on. So today on Cannabis News, you already know, listen, it's been a crazy week, all right? And it's not been that much news for that matter. However, even though the news has been overshadowed with what's been going on in the world as it should be going on around the world, they're protesting and rioting. Still, the news that launched today, those small, big things come in small packages, said every guy who was five foot four ever. <laughs> That's probably his bio intended, but not. Nah, in all serious notes, even though the news may not be plentiful, it's very, very powerful, okay? And I'm going to give you this power in a second. All right, so we're going to give you some quick hits, as always, right? Get you a taste of the joint, you know, get you a taste of the news, and we're going to go deep dive into it to where we can finally, you know, have in our hands, take as long as opposed you want to hold it in and get that good education, that good knowledge, that good information. All right, so first, first, we have Ganja Bill 420. I'm introducing this new name for the quick hit because a lot of things happen in cannabis news that pertains to politics, and let's drop it under the label of Ganja Bill 420. Let's be honest, we all want Ganja Bill 420 to drop. We all want to know when cannabis is finally legalized, we got a nice little nickname for it, and that's Ganja Bill 420. But before that Ganja Bill passes, there's going to be a lot of others that lead to it eventually passing. Much like when you decriminalize CBD and hemp as they have, just as you allow for businesses to persist, just as you allow for new laws to allow those businesses to operate optimally, you're going to have these bills that come forward. And one of those bills that have allowed these businesses to flourish, that is being talked about, that's being rumored, not actually done yet. So I want to give you that preface first, is the proposed ban by federal police to include a no-knock raids ban, excuse me, raid ban. So you guys know what I'm talking about. When people, or rather the feds, expect you to be some type of, you know, kingpin, drug cartel, doing illegal things with drugs, they have the right, due to probable cause, to knock and raid your door without having to give you any forward knowledge. You can't prepare yourself, you can't get rid of the drugs, and that law was implemented from their perspective to disallow criminals to persist. Because if they get a warrant and then you come and you announce when you're coming, that would allow you to hide the drugs, wouldn't it, right? So this new bill is being proposed by the Democrats. Right. I want to preface it by saying that the House Democrats hope to pass the measure by the end of the month. Hold on to that. I remember that. So I'm going to read it. Congressional Democrats have put forward legalization aimed at addressing systematic racial discrimination by police. That includes ban on no knock warrant warrants for drug related crimes. 
According to a 2015 Vox analysis, law enforcement agencies conduct more than 20,000 no-knock raids per year. Let's see how many times I mess up no-knock. It's not that hard to say. No-knock raids per year. The practice was greenlit by federal government in 1970s as a war on drugs was being ramped up in the nation. As mentioned, it helps them do their job. However, the externality of them knocking into these people's homes who may or may not be drug related, because, right, we have Karens out there that make up <laughs> crimes that people do and call 911. Other people do do it, too. I've actually seen it happen in my environment. But nonetheless. When the cops knock on an alleged drug cartel or drug dealer, there are times when other people get hurt who are absolutely innocent. They could be their relatives. They could be people who are just there in the area. They could have no relation to whatever crime is being done and have no clue it's being done, yet they can get seriously hurt. We already see what's happening in the world when it, with police brutality when there's nothing really done wrong in the case of George Floyd, of course, and RIP to whose birthday was recently. Can't remember her name right now, and I'm so mad I don't. You know what? I'm not going to continue the podcast without mentioning her name. Brianna Taylor. Say her name louder. Brianna Taylor. Shame, shame on me. Shame on me, high TV, for not remember that name. But yeah, R.I.P. to Brianna Taylor. And so you could only imagine the level of force that could come when the police already think you're a criminal, where they have some evidence which allows them to carry to the DA, a district attorney, and a district attorney can now give them the go-ahead, the green light, ironically, to go ahead and go into the homes of said drug dealer. So you know force is being used, you know they bring the batons, they use, I forgot the name of something that they use to break down doors, they have their guns, they're not regular guns, they have like machine uh, machine guns, they have M4A1s, they have carbines, the reason why they have those guns is because if you're a drug dealer, chances are you have protection on you to protect your assets, right? You don't have, you know, legal protection, as in banks, you know, and things of that nature. So you have your guns on you just in case you get robbed because guess what if you're a criminal robbery is on the brink it's a possibility in your form of business that you have to protect yourself from and i get the reason why they bring force but the issue with this is that they this was a quick hit wasn't it you see what happens when something happens so close to home it's hard for you to keep it quick hits i'm gonna get more into it later i even listen you already know what my heart is so next up, we have weed science. All right. Weed science is a sector, which I tell you, I love science. I love weed. Let's put them together. You know, it reminds me of that movie, Weird Science. No, well, this is weed science. And of course, more COVID related cannabinoid news. Now, that's two studies in two months that had to deal with cannabis in relation to COVID. Right. When everybody was saying before the studies even came out, don't smoke cannabis. It's bad for your lungs and covid it would also hurt your lungs right logical reason why you'll say that but then the studies show cannabinoids actually have a beneficial effect and i'll tell you what that effect is in a bit now last for our deep dive our deep hit the face in the blunt i'm probably gonna call this segment facing the blunt because when you're going in when you had a hard day everything's been pissing you off you know you need to relax your stress your shoulders are probably rolled up you can feel your skin got bumps on it you know you probably just don't feel great you feel like shit I mean, it's not been a good day you face a blunt right you go deep into that blunt all right, you ain't taking a couple quick hits and passing it off. You know what I mean? You're not even sharing with nobody. You ain't giving somebody an ashy joint. Sorry, I'm just still mad since the last session I had, man. Stressful times. But anyway, we're going to call this one the deep hits. I know a lot of y'all like, just go to the news, bro. I'm waiting. So in today's cannabis, cannabis news, a.k.a. our deep dive or facing a blunt, is Leafs by Snoop is the most recognizable brand. Now, here's the reason why I mentioned that, you know, what news came out is very, po very powerful. The reason why I say it's powerful is that all this data had dropped within this deep dive. And it's a reason why it's a deep dive. If you yourself consider yourself a entrepreneur or a potential entrepreneur, you want to be in the industry somehow, this data will help you with your decisions in the future. The reason being is this company, Green Horizon, decided to go ahead and do their study, do their due diligence, did their DD if you're in the stock world, and got them to get these, get, excuse me, get these numbers, study these people, get the analytics, and I'm sure what they released isn't the depth of analytics that they drew, 
you know, with their study. And I'm sure by them releasing these statistics, a lot of companies that make a lot of money, chances are these stock companies whose stock price finally is alive and well, right? It's, it's finally going up. You know what I mean? I'm probably mad at myself for not buying cannabis stocks. But nonetheless, a lot of these companies are probably hitting them up at Green Horizon and asking them for the other data that they have. That if you're a company that does market research and you do data, your business is, mo is a multitude of things. People can hire you in order to, uh, you know, help them in their decision and consultations and, and, and things of that nature. You can be consulted in the cannabis industry if you work at these firms. In addition, you can also sell your 2020 cannabis statistics and these companies will buy it. They could buy a subscription model from you to where they have that number, those numbers accessible online or digitally, or they can sell you a PDF or physical booklet, if you will, that's well-designed and shows the numbers in a very digestible way. So it can be something that can be learned and easy used by someone who may be a CEO in the cannabis industry or the layman who may you know just want to see what's happening in the cannabis industry if they're outside of it and a potential investor that's why they get this data so, all right so keep it in your mind so that's gonna be a deep dive all right and you already know why snoop is one of the most recognizable cannabis brands snoop dogg is the most recognizable rapper name me any other rapper who is more recognizable than snoop i'll give you a thousand dollars i kid you not i'll give you a thousand dollars go on my dms and let me know but i will be a man of my word and say you know what I'm wrong. This rapper is more notable than Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg been around since the, eight, the late 80s, all right, 90s. He's still relevant today without being a real heavy dropping rapper, as he's not dropping songs as frequently as he used to, and he's still very relevant. The fact that he has a show with Martha Stewart and these uh, studio execs will go ahead and give him bands, give him some money to go ahead and go and make... make, make excuse me, make a show with Martha Stewart, that gives you all the data you need to know. The most recognizable face. Actually, studies came out and said that <laughs> Snoop's face is more recognizable than Santa Claus. Now think about that. All right, so that's been the quick hits. And let's go quickly into Ganja Bill 420. Again, this episode is not too jam-filled with various news, but the news is powerful. And this news right here is very powerful for the simple reason that if you exclude no-knocks raids from happening, you know, in companies, cannabis companies can persist for the time being. Their future looks a bit brighter because, as you know, if you live in California and if you don't live in California, listen close. Californians, since California legalized cannabis a few years ago, have been experiencing a rapid uprise in raids on cannabis grows, on dispensaries and everything that fall in between. Now, granted, it's because you already know. California has not been having a great time when it comes to legalization. They're not making the money they thought they're going to make. They're taxing their money too high and the black market is succeeding. And we'll tell you even more on that in the deep dive that proves that very fact. But nonetheless, California has been going through this episode of having Apache helicopters, like federal helicopters in the sky, tracking down these grow operations, tracking down who's have a, a, a legal affairs. They have uh, forensic accountants that work for the federal government, and their whole job is to track the money. If the money somehow goes to an illegal operation or someone's connected to it somehow financially, they're going to get raided. And there's videos online on the Blacklist XYZ that show you these raids, show you the aftermath, show you people literally sitting on a sidewalk with their hands handcuffed. Why? Because they were selling some weed in a legal state. But guess what? They didn't have a license. So let's send their ass to jail. That's what they did. And those may, those may be the videos that may not get gruesome. But there are cases where these California raids lead to death. It leads to destruction, the loss of life all for a freaking plant. If I go outside to pick up some grass and put it in my pocket, right, and you had no clue what weed is, would you ever think possible that that grass in my hand could be illegal? Guarantee if they found some medicinal effects in that grass, it's going to be illegal. <laughs> it's going to be that special grass. But anyway, back to what I was saying. So I'm going to read off the uh, article and get back in it. So again, According to 2015 Vox analysis, law agents, law enforcement agencies conducted more than 20,000 no-knock raids per year. 20,000. The practice was greenlit, of course, during the war on drugs. And in 2017 investigation by the New York Times, they found that 20 throughout, excuse me, 2010 and 2016, at least 81 civilians, all right, 
and 13 officers died during SWAT-led no-knock raids and half of the civilians were, that were killed were minorities. Again, 81 civilians, innocents, have died and 13 officers have died during SWAT-led no-knock raids on cannabis. Additionally, to those subjected to SWAT no-knock warrants, 42% were black, the highest percentage, 12% were Hispanic, and at least seven federal lawsuits against officers who participated in no-knock raids warrants have been settled for more than a million dollars since 2011. So what occurs in that last sentence? You have a family member. They could be a civilian or could they could be one of those conducting the drug operation or part of it. They get no-knock raided. They lose their life or they get critically injured. They have hospital bills that the family probably can't pay for. And that's the reason why they're in the business they're in now. They get hurt. You can't pay the bills. So you file a lawsuit against the city. Those police who conducted that SWAT led no knock raid. Instead of deeming the killings or the officer who did the killings guilty, they settle for you out of court for about a million dollars. Now, if that's the average settlement, you know that there's settlements who are a bit higher than a million and those who are much less than a million, all right? And those probably most heinous, most obvious showing of police killings during these operations are the ones that are awarded high, way higher than a million. And maybe a lot of those are much less, like a couple hundred thousand. Keep that in mind, all right? So in addition to ending the practice of no-knock raids, the bill would restrict qualified immunity which limits lawsuits over police killings. This reform would allow for the change in police training and make lynching a federal crime and a ban for chokeholds by officers. Wow, powerful. So not only does this bill proposed by Democrats want to make illegal the ban on chokeholds by officers because it has killed many innocent and even guilty people who are arrested, they also want to make lynching a federal crime. So if you conduct a lynch, you won't go to a county jail and then be out a week later or a day later or the day of because you got bailed out. But you can go to federal prison for lynching, which is done as recent as last year in one of the southern states. I believe it was Alabama. They also want to reform police training because if you train these police to react with deadly force, death is going to occur. Right. With deadly force comes death. All right. So teach them how to handle things without death. The Europeans have been doing it for a long time. The UK doesn't even use guns for their police because it limits the death of individuals. I'm sure a white man got killed in, in the UK to cause them to stop cause to stop carrying guns. I guarantee it. I guarantee they killed somebody who they shouldn't have killed. And they said change must happen. And it happened right then and there. No more guns for UK police. Look it up. Google it. And last but not least, they also want to stop qualified immunity that cops currently have, which would allow them to not pursue lawsuits on their killings and not have the police get justice, as in they're found guilty for the killing of an innocent bystander. Very, very uh, powerful. So on one level, this would now allow cannabis businesses to grow. This will allow the cannabis industry to grow. A if I don't play devil's advocate and I'll be on the police side of this proposed bill by the Democrats or I was probably conservative, I'll say this would allow the black market to persist. If there's less no knock raids and you make those illegal, then probably a lot of excuse me, criminal operations can persist without the threat of a no knock raid, which would end their parade. Didn't mean to rhyme. That just should, it should just happen. Come out smooth like butter. What can I say? But now, so that's on one hand, right? On another hand, like I said, the cannabis industry will proliferate because of the freedom that, that they're allowed and on an even greater more important level more lives will be not lost let more lives more people will live and less people will die because you're not going to have 81 civilians and 13 officers getting killed for trying to raid someone selling freaking weed it's just stupid you're losing nearly a hundred people a year due to only no knock, not DEA investigations on weed, not weed overall, but just on no knock. So imagine what the number is in total of deaths related to law enforcement trying to stop the selling of weed. All right. Very, very powerful. The chokehold thing gave me chills. The reason why is they're stopping chokeholds. And we know that chokeholds is what causes a lot of people to die in the hands of cops without even a gun. 
that even if you guys reform guns as you guys want to do in these situations, let's have gun reform. It's it's killing innocent people and black people. No, that's not that's not what I agree with. You can agree with that if you want, of course. But personally, personally, when I see with gun reform is that you're not really getting to the crux of the issue. You're kind of imagine there's a wound on your body and instead of someone putting the antiseptic directly on the wound because it hurts too much to be shocked in pain by the alcohol burning the wound they're just treating the outside of your cut of your wound and you got to ask yourself is treating just the outside with the alcohol pad going to heal what's happening within no get your ass some hydrogen peroxide pour it inside the wound let it bubble it's gonna sting but it's not gonna sting for a long time is that change definitely stings and having massive police reform is going to sting having chokeholds be illegal is going to sting that level of power that police thought they had is going to go away uh tangent the minneapolis police also proposed that they're going to support public-led law enforcement and disband the police department that caused the murder which was huge i didn't ever think that could ever happen but it's huge i never heard of a police department getting disbanded and done away with because they committed a murder right now they're gonna allow you know police public-led law enforcement i don't know what that looks like i don't know how corrupt that's gonna get already there's no police union there's gonna be a lot of things that's going on right that i'm not celebrating but the change that occurred i am celebrating because that's unprecedented but nonetheless back to this so yes less death more life and you know I always celebrate more life next we have weed science oh yeah weed science i want to play a nice sound for weed science so yes certain cannabis extracts may dampen fatal covid symptoms in april we told you guys the news that cannabis was known or cannabinoids rather were known to help out covid patients in lowering their inflammation as you know when you get sick you release certain things in your body that causes inflammation and inflammation is what in fact can get the body even more sick than it already is and that's a lot of the reason why when people go to hospitals and they don't get well that quickly they tend to get one ailment and get another ailment and it keeps going and going that's in part of the drugs that they're taking to treat it and the inflammation that's been caused by fighting it and it's really a double-edged sword so with that being said uh it was great news to know that a cannabinoid which balances the body, puts the body in homeostasis, a.k.a. a balanced, healthy operation, right? The body is going to be working efficiently, releasing the hormones it needs to, releasing the neurotransmitters it needs to. It's amazing, right? Keeps your mood, everything in balance. It was nice to see actual proof that that's what happened. Now, in this study, another study, in addition to the April study, it showed that certain strains are the ones that allow it to have that effect. Uh, let's read. Researchers at the University of Lethbridge's Department of Biological Sciences and Pathway, a company aiming to develop cannabis therapy, suggests that certain cannabis strains show the potential to quell an immune system in the midst of a cytokine storm. You may ask, Kai TV, what the hell is a cytokine storm? A cytokine storm? I never learned that in earth science. My meteorologists have never said cytokine storm. You know what? You're right, because it's a storm that happens within your body. And what happens during a cytokine storm? A cytokine is basically what's released by the body when your immune system reacts to certain things, right? As I mentioned before, when your immune system reacts, imagine you have your white blood cells, your T cells, and other immune cells, right, that are working to make you healthy again, to heal you, right, to stop the disease. Imagine those cells are vehicles, right? And every vehicle you've ever been in, except for a Tesla, right? Anything electric, but anything that uses gas, as you know, organic material, when it burns, it produces a waste, right? And that waste is pollution, which is bad for the earth. And the earth gets sick because of all of this pollutants in the air, right? So the body, in the body, when the, when these cells are fighting, they're releasing these cytokines and they call it a cytokine storm. And the reason why they use storm to describe this phenomena is that there's so many different cytokines that are released by the many different uh, immune cells that are active during the COVID-19 disease or, or, or ailment or when they're fighting it, right? That it, you have to call it a storm because there's so many of them that are there. And a result of a cytokine storm is as follows. Fever and multiple organ dysfunction that is associated with chimeric antigen receptor CAR-T, T-cell therapy, therapeutic antibodies, and haplo-identical allergenic transplantation.
So even when you have allergen releases, right? You release histamine and then that causes your nose to itch, your eyes to water. You have a bunch of things that happen to you. Inflammation is happening during those times because your body is trying to fight the allergen it believes it's being attacked by, right? But before I continue, I did miss a point. I did tell you guys during that proposed federal police reform article, news, what have you, Ganja Bill 420 segment, that the House Democrats plan to pass that measure by the end of the month. Now, that makes me think. They're trying to pass it by the end of the month. That's very quick. That's very quick to draft. That's very quick to get done. And it looks like they're trying to take advantage of a crisis in a good way. But then again, my brain goes, hmm, why are they trying to do this right now? Excuse me. I apologize. Couldn't press pause fast enough. But yes, they're trying to do it very quickly. And the reason why I propose they're doing it quickly is we're in a political year, baby. We're voting for president in a couple of months. And we all know how hard of an obstacle it is for Democrats to defeat the current president in office. So if they can propose a bill like this that can help the cannabis, uh, the cannabis industry, can be very helpful to blacks when dealing with police in form of being able to file lawsuits on police and actually have more ways of winning because the law will literally give them immunity from uh, policing, to ban chokeholds, to keep them alive, and the other uh, benefit that is coming from this bill. This is all a political move. This is a political move to put it out there in the press, have people like me who are in the media talking about it, have you digest that news and then view the Democrats like they're actually doing something for us. I think I have to vote there. That's exactly what's happening. I don't know why I made that voice for Democrats. I guess that's, that's like my white liberal voice. But <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's kind of what made me squint my eyes, right? It sounds great at first, but sometimes with politics, you have to look at the other picture. It's a chess move. It's a chess move to get the fringe voters who may be, you know, on the side of what's happening with George, George Floyd. It's to get the black voters who aren't convinced that Democrats are going to do a damn thing for people like us. You know, it's, it's to get voters back onto Joe Biden's side because that candidate is, in my eyes, the strongest that they can produce. I don't know why the DNC is, is, is flapping their gums not doing much. They're just not making the right decisions. If you want to beat Trump, you have to beat radical, radical. But Joe Biden isn't the right radical. I think Bernie Sanders is, but hey, it is what it is, right? He's too radical for even the Democrats. But back to the story. Uh, Weed science. So weed science, we already told you about the cytokine storm, what it is, how bad it is for the body. Now, let me tell you how cannabis, aka cannabinoids, can help COVID-19 and stop this cytokine storms. So Canadian researchers suggest that certain cannabinoid extractions could help to quell an immune system response due to the coronavirus that has proven fatal in some patients. The study was published as a preprint, meaning it has not been peer reviewed. So again, this study has not been peer reviewed. And I love that they mention it because that means it has to be done again. Right. By another group of peers who are scientists at the same level, they are following the same conditions and then doing the same experiment. And if they get certain results, they wouldn't be able to, you know. Uh, they wouldn't be able to say that this is wrong because they've proven it to be at least a fact. All right. Now, you realize that I couldn't tell you in that article what cannabinoids helped individuals with COVID with lowering their inflammation and more specifically their cytokine storm. You're like, whoa, 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 I'm waiting for that information. Where is it? I'm thinking the same damn thing. And the reason why is even in this story, I put, but again, hmm. So the first story made me go, hmm, because it was a political move by Democrats, right, to try and win this race, which is, of course, what they should do, what they ought to do, what their position is to do. But it may take the American people by storm. Now, this takes the cannabis community by storm or makes us be confused, I should say, as a lack of better word, storm. We're more confused by this because you're going to get tell us this study. Tell us that cannabinoids help. We're going to adjust all type of cannabinoids, not knowing which one exactly has the benefit. And. What would be more beneficial to COVID patients and people who have family members who currently have it, are fighting it, or may themselves get it, is to tell us which cannabinoids does that thing. Now, the first line of, of uh, this article, or second line, I should say, that a company aiming to develop, a company aiming to, de a company, a company, a a company aiming to develop cannabis therapies suggests that certain cannabis strains show the potential to quell an immune system. 
All right. A cannabis company. So what they see is that this study then proves that their product has these certain cannabinoids found in this study, not available to the public. I'm paraphrasing or putting into there helps individuals suffering from COVID. And if it helps people with COVID, then you could say this helps people in a long line of diseases and ailments, which gives their product a wide range of ailments and treatments it can help resolve, thus making their product more valuable. Now, granted, what I'm saying now, of course, seems like a tinfoil hat conspiracy theory type of reaction, right? Of course, I'm applauding this great news. I applauded it the first time this study came out. And now this second study came out I'm a bit weary, right? Because it's not the first study that developed this and found this. It's the second one. And the first one, I believe, if you can listen back to the episode, you can listen back if you want, that mentions cannabis and COVID. It mentioned much more information on how and what mechanisms was occurring to cause cannabinoids to help COVID patients. However, this one, not done by a university, by the good grace of curiosity, but a company funded this study by this university of course but not a university doing it out of curiosity but this university is doing it out of greed <laughs> out of the goal of making money now get if i own a company that is in cannabis i will also most likely invest in cannabis studies that prove what i'm saying and the reason why you do this people is the fda will be on your ass all right the fda is a is a is a is a hall monitor you know brown nose always kiss up to the teacher writing down who was being bad in class type of person the, the school snitch and when you adult the office snitch who's always up the ass of the boss trying to get whatever they're trying to get you know what i'm saying e coli in the nostrils that's what they're trying to get being so far up the boss's ass <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> But nah, that's what the FDA is when it comes to cannabis. Already the FDA do not like cannabis or the cannabis industry, I should say. But they don't, they are very harsh on what goes down. And so they, they try to target CBD companies even for having claims that it helps anxiety. Anxiety, they say, is a medical condition. You cannot say it helps anxiety. So imagine what they say when cannabis can help with cancer, which we all know it can. Studies show it can. But legally, legally, you can't do it because the FDA will slap you in the face and make you say uncle. All right, rent over. <laughs> rent over. So that's my uh, that's my reaction. Very celebratory of the news. Very positive. Love sharing it with you. But I am very weary of the source it comes from. They did not tell us in the release of this news which cannabinoids help patients. They're keeping it for themselves so they can use those cannabinoids for their products and that their products can be more valuable in the market in the future. Because as you know, COVID is a buzzword. If you're going to drop COVID or quarantine in the zeitgeist or the lingo, of the American or world people for that matter, it's going to hold weight. They'd be like, yo, I, that place was so bad. I, I'm a, I, that place was so bad to be in. I'd rather be on quarantine than go there. They're like, quarantine? Damn, son, we had no toilet paper then. That's real. That must be a bad place to go. You know what I'm saying? When people say that something that you have that is medicinal, all right, nutraceutical, if you will, that can help COVID symptoms, your product must be bad in the motherfucker because COVID took out millions of people around the world. So imagine what your product is going to do for people who have things that aren't COVID. Your shit is seen as the shit. All right. All right. So I'm going to take a break. I've been going hard. You know what I mean? I'm going to get some air. You know what I mean? I already had a little joint before this. So we're going to have a break. I'm going to give you guys a new ad. All right. You know what I'm saying? I want to like to switch things up. If you're not growing, you're dead. You feel me? So I'm going to give you a new ad. Of course, I'm being a bit more crass, a bit more vernacular use in this one a bit less scholarly but that's how i'm feeling right now right if i'm feeling scholarly you're gonna hear it you're gonna hear me talk like i got a glasses on lab coat on and things of that nature right but if you hear me talk like this chances are i'm relaxed i just had a joint i probably got some you know what i mean i don't got sweatpants on right now you feel me i got work clothes on but nonetheless i sound like i'm relaxed in a lawn chair on the beach having a conversation with you like we the homies and we are homies right so i'll see you right after the break and be a good homie listen to the ad be right back. You ever look for a cannabis brand and then realize you don't know which one to trust? You don't know where to find good CBD because you hear about these gas station CBD who have crap in it? Like, anyway... When you're trying to find good CBD, look no further than Nature's Root. The reason why I say this is it's not just an ad for the sake of an ad, but I've used their products. I know the owner personally. They grow their own hemp, all right? Their page on Instagram is Colorado Hemp Project. Their brand name is Nature's Root. And as the name states, the root of their business 
comes from nature. The owner cares about nature. She cares about the environment. She cares about her products. They're organic. They work. Listen, I'm a big guy. All right? I'm a big guy. And uh, I bang myself up sometimes. You know, sometimes you get clumsy. You know, you bang your toe into a corner. Now your pinky toe hurts. And I put some CBD on it. And what she has is like a CBD pain cream that has menthol in it. Uh, it works great. It's from nature's root. Go ahead and Google it. You'll find it. you find it on Instagram. You can look through it if you don't believe me. But trust me. I'm personally saying I recommend a product. Go ahead and go get that. Shout out to Danny Fontaine, the realest hemp chick in the game. High Times and mo High Times top 50 women in cannabis and have won many awards in the cannabis industry for her work in hemp and cannabis overall. She created Chiba Chew's Rut. I can't even say that. All right, y'all. Back to the show. Hey, what's up, homie? Happy you came back from the break. Hopefully it wasn't too long. Hope you didn't miss me, man. And if you skip by that ad, I'm coming for your ass, all right? I, I work hard for those ads, man. You hear me on that? Come on, son. I thought we was cool. You gonna skip my ad? Damn, son. <laughs> all right. So we're going to talk about our deep dive, our face the blunt. We're going to talk about cannabis news. And as I said before, if you are a gondrepreneur, you consider yourself an entrepreneur. You want to know about the cannabis industry. You want to understand what may be going on behind the scenes, behind the desk, behind the glass of the dispensary. This is something you want to tune into, okay? This is something you want to know. Alright, because we all love weed, we all wanted it legal, and now we have some data to give us a better picture about what the hell is going on. You guys have heard this podcast for years now, right? It's been multiple years, not many years, but multiple years, couple years, two years, whatever, you get it. Where on this podcast, I've told you guys, alright, about the impending cannabis legalization and we have legalization here we have data i've given you data this year and last year on the initial beginnings of cannabis legalization and here it is we're not enough hype enough hype now this study that was done was first to rec to figure out what was the most recognizable cannabis brand as i prefaced before these cannabis companies make bread off of studying these data and selling it back to these cannabis brands so that they can make their decisions more wisely based off of the market size market percentage and therefore can better plan and get the probability of what their decision will be all right hopefully i didn't say that too convoluted but basically they want to make more money by making the right decisions by selling to the right people all right you want to sell the right people the right product to make more money all right most simplest way to put that shit all right now back so as it reads leaps by snoop is the most recognizable cannabis brand followed by Chiba Chews. Shout out to Danny Fontaine for coming up with the recipe for Chiba Chews and then sold it to a cannabis company. She is a cannabis queen. If you don't know Danny Fontaine, she grows hemp. She's super dope. All right. She's doing everything possible that has to do with cannabis to help people's lives. She makes medicine for people who need it to survive. I don't know why I rhyme, but you, the message still stands. All right. She's a dope chick. Got to know her, you know what I'm saying, talk on the phone, blah, 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 and she's as real as it gets. Not many people in the cannabis company have that level of authenticity for the love of the plant, the love of cannabis, and for working so hard to do better by people, not only make money. She don't even care about money, bro. Anyway, so yes, Chiba Chews. And coming in third is Marla Natural. Marley Natural. Of course, that is named after Bob Marley. The reggae singer that is known around the world for cannabis and has been a cannabis proponent before he died. R.I.P. to Robert Nestamali, a a uh, resident of Jamaica, a, re a representation of my home country of Jamaica. And, and of course, you already know my deep love for Bob Marley, as you've seen on Instagram. All right. Now, he's recognized by 23% of consumers. Now, if you're asking why you see these percentages that are coming up that may be so high... And they don't all add up to, you know, 100 percent because they ask these questions. These they ask all these questions to all of the people they studied. So therefore, this percentage of people ask this and this percentage of people ask this is not going to add up to 100. It's because multiple people ask the same question. All right. Or and or checked off the same box. That is why. All right. So overall, 23 percent of cannabis consumers Heard of Leafs by Snoop. Now, I already mentioned about Snoop. He's the most recognizable face for a rapper, all right? That's probably the most famous black man in America outside of Obama himself. You know what I mean? So that's why he's recognized the most. And I don't think these people recognize his brand, Leaf, but they recognize the name Snoop. So they're going to say that they recognize that brand, right? Because they recognize Snoop. And let's be honest, I don't even know what Snoop's logo is, but I know Snoop has a company. 
So to give you that data to let you know, they asked people who obviously were not cannabis users or weren't in the cannabis community, asked those who were in the cannabis community and who were cannabis users, both avid, both low, all spectrums of users, all right, from non-user to chronic user. You know what I'm saying? A dude who got a bong, blunt, raps, joints, you feel me, and a whole dab rig in his pocket. You know what I mean? Those type of those type of people all right and uh coming next up on the article among cannabis consumers who purchase from dispensaries now this news blew me away because this lets you know exactly what cannabis consumers are buying and why they buy all right listen up take notes all right get out the phone break out your evernote break out your eye notes all right type it down pencil paper all right pen construction paper whatever you got rip that cardboard off you know you can write on it all right, big information. I've highlighted it even in or on my read here. So among cannabis consumers who purchase from dispensaries, 67% said their main reason for choosing a dispensary was high quality products. The number one reason why people buy weed is high quality products. They don't want this shitty product. They don't care if it looks the prettiest. They care if the product itself is high quality and it helps them with what they're trying to help get help with. If it's the flavor they want, they have the high quality flavor. If it's the looks they want, high quality looks. If the effects they want, high quality effects. All right. It's all about high quality. So all you all you guys out there who's in the industry to just make shitty cannabis products but have a pretty ass fucking name and it has a great fucking brand but the product is shit i'm talking to you med men that's not what people want is a reason why you're struggling it's not because you didn't invest the amount of money you is med men you can pull a hundred million dollars out your ass and out of nowhere you got yourself back over the red right you got yourself in survivable territory you feel me you're not deep in the arctic but you're on shore on the beach crawling your way back to shore high quality products all right, that's followed by a convenient location near their house or work, and it's reasonable. I would love to go to a dispensary that's near me. Why the hell would I travel farther than the dispensary that's closest to me? All right, so so far, the two main reasons why people buy cannabis from dispensaries are high-quality products and convenient location. If you have a high-quality product conveniently in their location, they're going to come back to you hand over fist because you have two things that they love most you save them time in their commute you save them gas in their expense and you have them get high quality products and get them what they're looking for remember those two if you want to be in the cannabis industry high quality location location the name of the game baby that's why that's how that's, that's the game gas stations play location 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 all right they took up 62 percent of the selection all right so again, among cannabis consumers who purchased from dispensaries, 67% said their main reason for choosing dispensary was high quality products, followed by a convenient location near their house or work. All right, that's 62%. Next up is consistent selection at number one, excuse me, at number three in this list. And consistent selection is very interesting because in the cannabis industry, you understand that things are grown when they're and harvest, right? They're grown, they harvest, and they grow again. Cannabis takes a few months to grow, right? Three to six months, depending on what strain you have, correct? So you can get a strain that if they have a limited growth facility, they can only grow that strain but a certain amount of time to where that slot where they were growing will now grow a different strain if you're producing many different strains. So that's why in many cannabis dispensaries, let's say it's March through June, you will have a certain strain before it's sold out. And then through... Uh, july and september you'll have a different strain right kind of like beers where some beers are in season if you're sam adams or how fruits are in season you no know, weed is an agriculture at the end of the day and that's why you're seeing the same thing happen in the cbd industry where certain strains aren't available always but it looks like the number three in the top three reasons why people buy weed from a dispensary which is a whole extra you know what i'm saying move in many states is because of the consistency and strain. So they want is to go into a dispensary and get the same strain they're able to get last time. And if that's the only strain they buy, that's the only strain they smoke and they can get that consistently. That's what they like. And that's what big money brands can do. However, the quality may not be there and the location may not be there. And even if the location and consistent strain is there, the high quality ain't there. All right, think about that, man. Use your brain, use your noggin. Think a little bit. So coming up next, all right. They want knowledgeable bud tenders at number four. And last on the top five is vibe of the dispensary. So 
it is a reason why people choose to, to, to buy from a certain place is the vibe, right? Maybe they want more of a local vibe. Maybe they want more of a mom and pop. Maybe they want that pretty iPhone of cannabis in MedMen. Maybe they want the vibe of something that's purely medical. It depends on the person. Everybody's different. Everybody wants something different. All right. But that's number five on the list. It's not the most important. It's not the second most important. It's not the paramount and the third most important. It's the fifth. All right. But it is important. The vibe is important. Just like people. If people got a bad vibe, you're not going to fuck with them. But if they're cool people, they got a great vibe. All right. They got an aura to them. You're going to fuck with that person. All right. So vibe is important, but it's not the most important. All right, so round up to round out the top five before I continue. All right, 67% high quality, 62% convenient location, 61% consistent selection. All right, they carry brands that they are looking for. 58%, excuse me, 55% knowledgeable bud tenders and 55% tied in with knowledgeable bud tenders are the vibe of the dispensary. And only half said that they choose the dispensaries for the lowest prices. So I thought that people choose dispensaries based off of price, but that's not the case. Only half, less than all the percentages I've given you, said that they choose a, per a percentage, excuse me, less than half of the people, less than half said that they would choose a dispensary based off of lower prices. Sorry, I smoked a joint before this. All right, so nearly half or 47% of respondents said that word of mouth was the best way to find a dispensary, followed by Google Maps and Google Reviews at 34%. The advice of a healthcare professional came in at 32%, and seeing them while driving or walking around was 32%. Now, this one made my jaw drop a little bit. Not to the floor, maybe down to my chest. You know what I'm saying? Not a crazy drop. I wasn't too, you know, flabbergasted. You know what I mean? I wasn't too surprised, but I was pretty surprised. So the last two in this list of how they, you know, would find a dispensary was Weed Maps at 31 and Leafly at 21. Now that shocked me because I believe in a presentation given and said about these companies, Weed Maps and Leafly, is that their main proponent or main solution is that they will help you find a dispensary. They will help you get your medicine. And they do do that. However, the consumer, when tested, didn't care about those two apps that much. It means that those apps aren't that helpful and those apps don't give them what they're looking for. So maybe those companies through this list may want to you know, rethink how they're helping people find dispensaries and rethink how they're having the whole experience because they could be number one, right? During COVID, I'm sure Weed Maps and Leafly had a boom in sales you know, somehow or, or transactions because people simply couldn't leave their homes. And you wanna buy from online and Weed Maps is a great source to do that. Um. But yes, very surprising. Let me all say that one more time. So yes, nearly 47% or 47 of residents said that word of mouth was the best way to find a dispensary. Now, that first one in how they found the dispensary is true throughout all business, all right? Let's say, hey, dudes out there, I think I left a lot of examples for, for, for ladies late, uh, recently, but dudes, I'm gonna talk to you too. All right, dudes, listen. So when you're in a friend, a friend group, right? You got your own friend group. Maybe you know somebody from another, you know, how many times have you been recommended or talked highly of by maybe a female you know that knows another female you're interested in? Now, you didn't ask her to do it, but maybe she just talked about you. And word of mouth is really everything. Word of mouth is how you get jobs in many cases. Word of mouth in that last example is how you get relationships. And I'm, I'm saying, fellas, how many women have you met? Because chances are word of mouth about you was dope. You had a good vibe, right? Same thing goes for cannabis companies. If one dispensary does a great job, has a selection, has the high quality, you know what I mean? Has the vibe, has a consistent inventory, they're getting the word of mouth. People are going to be talking great about the dispensary and that will now lower your walls of or or lower or disarm you rather from thinking about going to the dispensary. You're going to trust it because your friend trusts it. All right. We're, we're very tribal people. If our, someone in our tribe trusts something, likes something, loves something, chances are you're going to be more open to do it to you because we're a social creature. We're human beings. All right. And uh, Google Maps and Google Reviews, of course, people want to know what people think about that location. Google Maps helps you find the address. So I'm not surprised that's, you know, very high on the list. And, and next up was driving and looking around. So, yes, even above Weed Maps and Leafly, seeing an ad on the street seems to be more important in finding a dispensary than using those websites, which is amazing and sad if you're one of those companies. You know what I'm saying? Those companies who may be looking for investments after COVID, those companies who may be looking for, you know, new customers. You feel me? Like people 
who are in the cannabis industry who see this study and, and statistics, and a lot of the people who are big, big names in this industry are seeing these same statistics I'm sharing with you, will not look at that in the most gracious of lights. Okay. All right. Next up, most cannabis consumers, around 52% with access to dispensaries, choose independent dispensaries. That means you have a friend named Chad. I'm sorry, not Chad. Chad is a derogatory term for like a rich trust fund kid. You have a friend. All right. Chan Star's name is Jim, you know, or like a Max. You know what I'm saying? Max sounds like a type of person to own a dispensary, right? Like <laughs> Max. Max is always a, t you know, a couple of Maxes in your life, you know, just that type of person. So Max is going ahead and open up a dispensary and move to Colorado. And it looks like Max is more trusted by cannabis users than the big name dispensaries. This data proves that independent dispensaries is what cannabis consumers want. They want to go to that mom and pop shop. They want to have that personal relationship. They want to go there and not see the same color t-shirt. They don't want to go there and see this polished, nice looking dispensary. They want real. All right. They want someone they could trust, someone that they know, someone who could be one of their friends. Think about that. All right. Next up. 42% made their purchases at franchise or chain stores. That's your MedMens, that's your Cetera Wellnesses, that's your, uh, that's your Kronos, Kronos, it's not Kronos. What other weed dispensary? I can't even think of weed dispensary. That's your Cookies, that's your, uh, wow, brain fart right now. But that's all these chain retail cannabis shops that seemingly are not getting the love that they, or what I would assume they would get. And still, 51% of recreational consumers, 51% of recreation, 51, all right, more than half of recreational consumers said that they purchased from an individual outside the legal market. So of all the people who they studied, from those who don't use cannabis to those who use dispensaries uh, and things of that nature, bruh, 51% of them get their weed from outside the legal market. That means if you're buying at a dispensary, chances are you're also buying from your local weed man. And I think the weed man is a resource that is not being utilized by those in the cannabis industry. I think the weed man has the most customer service, the most long-term customer value. They have the trust, okay? They're happy in putting their subscription dollars into a local weed man than they do these big dispensaries. Think about that, folks. That means if you're listening, and you want to open up a dispensary, all right? I know Florida's getting ready to pass laws to make it more horizontal so, so that people can own the dispensary or own their growery or own whatever faction of the cannabis industry they want. This data allows you to know that the doors are open for opportunity. It's not going to be an easy door to go through. It's not going to be an easy path or an easy journey. It's going to be one you have to fight through. All right? Imagine going through the woods in the Amazons and Amazon forest. All you have is a machete. All right. Instead of a machete, imagine you having a damn pocket knife to cut through the weeds and grass and trees and leaves. That's what this thing is being like. It's a big forest of green to fight through, but people are doing it and people are successful. And remember, the people matter most. And the people in this study, guess what they want? They want high quality. All right. They want a location close to them. They want a local cannabis shop. And what's big news to me is they want their 51 percent of their purchases is by a local weed man. Think about that shit. Now, overall, 57% of cannabis users report purchasing cannabis from a physical dispensary, all right? 57% purchase cannabis from a physical dispensary with 39% from chain or franchise dispensary, 34% from local independent dispensary and green horizons found that 28 of those surveys spent less than 49 dollars a month on cannabis all right think about that shit 28 percent of those surveys spent less than 49 dollars a month on cannabis all right the most people in this study spent less than 49 dollars now while the same figure showed that 27 percent spent between 50 and 99 another 16 percent spent between 100 and 149 and just 8% spent between 150 and 199. However, 17% spent $200 or more. So if you're a cannabis company, you're a cannabis entrepreneur, you want to look at what customer to target. You want to target those customers who spend less than $49 a month on cannabis, which means they want their cannabis that can last them for the month. They probably want an eighth, 
You know what I'm saying? They probably want a couple of vapes. They want some edibles. You know what I'm saying? But as the study shows, more people are smoking. It's coming up soon. All right. Or you want to focus your eyes on those who spend $200 more. Now, most companies are trying to target the $200 or dollar more customer. Why? They're spending more money. All right. That customer is more valuable to you and produces more profit based on how much money and overhead you have to go through to get that sale to that customer. They're spending the most. You want to target those. All right. So it looks like the casual cannabis consumer is the biggest cannabis consumer group and then you have the hardcore cannabis consumer groups that are only 17 percent so nearly double all right not nearly double but close enough right are buying less than 49 and then the top three and 17 percent are buying 200 dollars or more all right that's what i will focus on that's what i have highlighted of course you can focus on the 16 percent who spend between 149 or the eight percent that spend between 150 and 199 that's not a big percentage right only eight percent spend between 150 and 99 but 17 percent spend more than 200 all right there's people who spend a lot of money on weed a month 200 dollars a month how much do you spend on netflix ten dollars a month that's only ten dollars all right, these are 17% of people spending more than $200 or more a month. All right, so according to the survey, smoking is still the method most regularly used to consume cannabis. 62% of respondents smoke cannabis as their preferred method. Nearly a third, though, regularly vape either flour or concentrates, while 28% use edibles, 22% use topicals, and the same figures for drinks. So drinks and topicals are 22%, when only 18% of those users reported using tinctures. Now, that surprised me because working at a weed dispensary, a medical marijuana weed dispensary, that is, not a recreational, the biggest sales I recorded, I was recording data on, <laughs> I was recording data on the sales of that cannabis company, you know what I'm saying, to help them out, actually, but it would end up being useful in the long run, was cannabis tinctures. More people bought tinctures here in Florida because the people who bought were older. They're mostly old people who will probably use tinctures as opposed to smoking. But that was the biggest sales. However, that experience does not show what this data shows at all. And this data obviously took recreational consumers as well. And smoking is number one. And coming in at number two is concentrate or flour that's vaped. So if you want to get into the vape industry, that's something else that is second foremost and not as pop uh, as densely populated as the flower game. But yes, you have to grow flour in order to make any of these possible edibles, topicals, you know, tinctures, whatever. You have to grow flour. So that's why flour is the most sold. You need it to do everything else. All right. It's the water to everything, right? You need water to make food. You need water to make drinks. You need water to drink itself. You need water of ice you feel me you need water to swim you need water to bathe brush your teeth if you own a water company chances are you're doing well in life all right last on the list of those surveyed 40 percent identified as both medicinal and recreational users with 35 percent saying they are only recreational users and 24 percent used for medical purposes now if there's any data that you got during this podcast you feel free to you know hit the rewind button listen to listen to it again uh, send this data out to anyone you know who are in the cannabis space that would love this data and would want this data or currently needs this data and haven't made maybe you not heard of it but it's very useful what i'm telling you right now is what big companies are surveying now i've given you just a taste chances are they're looking at locations where people are buying these things and what the percentages are and what demographics they are, what age, what race, what's their socioeconomic background, what are they making per year? That's what they're looking at. All right. That's not what I gave you, but that's what they're looking at. So if you can only get a taste and can formulate thoughts in your mind as to what decisions you can make in the cannabis industry, I'm sure they do the same thing with more data. So arm yourself with this, understand what needs to be what needs to be done to make these cannabis consumers happy. And honestly, what do you want as a cannabis consumer to make yourself happy? I know a lot of the things that I've seen in this study made total sense to me as a cannabis consumer. I want the high quality. I would go to somewhere that has a better location. I would trust a cannabis dispensary that's run by somebody who is connectable, right? They're not all wearing, they're not all like, early college grads who all have clean shaven faces and look young and innocent and look like they never smoked weed in their life and they're all wearing the same colored cannabis brand t-shirt you feel me and all the packages look all the same it's just not like much story there no i can talk to that person have an in-depth conversation i can get the knowledge from them i know that they care about the product and they care for you the customer because you know that their dollar is going to the pocket of the person who owns that business and is probably putting food on the table for their kids their homes and everything i feel like i ranted a lot about this this whole podcast 
And I'm normally calm, cool, and collected. But as you know, the environment got me high energy. The environment got me in, communi in communicating at a high level, at a passionate level. So if I came off in this aggressive or I came off in this a little bit crude, I apologize. But the time being, right now, June 8th, 2020, in the midst of riots, in the midst of violence, in the midst of all what's going on in the world of 2020, bruh. A dude's going through it, bro. <laughs> I'm going, we all going through it. All right. So if you listen to this in the future and uh, you're wondering why my energy on this episode particular is high energy, it's because I am a high energy individual if you get to know me closely. And uh, this moment in our environment is causing me to react this way. So again, as you know, the, the, the podcast is coming to a close. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear it come. I'm sorry to hear it happen. You know what I mean? It's been, it's, it hasn't been that long. It's been like an hour. I haven't seen you in a week. Like, how you been? Have you been eating? Like, have you got the toilet paper you're looking for? You know, is alcohol and other is hand sanitizer at your house? Can I come over and have something to eat? Do you got a mask? Do I got to wear a mask? Do you trust me enough to come to your crib and not wear a mask? <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> Yo, you know if you fuck with somebody, right? If you allow them in your space, in your space, in your vicinity without a mask, all right? If they ask you to mask up or they masked up and they with you, they ain't really fuck with you like that. They you ain't as close as you thought you was. So, uh, man, on the podcast came to an end, but it's been fun. It's been a wild ride. We had a lot of information. Let's do a quick recap, all right? The Ganja Bill 420, there's a proposed ban to ban uh, no-knock raids, and the Democrats want to also attach to that bill a restriction of qualified immunity for police so they can finally get lawsuits if they do something wrong, which is amazing. They want to invoke reform on police training to make sure they're not trained to with deadly force so they can resolve things without the use of killing people. They want to make lynching illegal and make it a federal crime so those who commit lynchings won't go to county jail and get out the next day. You know, Billy Bob who just did a lynching, I'm going to go ahead and get him some bail. He just did it. He's a hero. He hanged one of them. You thought I was going to say it, didn't you? You mother... Next, last but not least, we have chokeholds will be banned by officers. I love this law probably the most out of all of it because it will prevent lives from being lost. All right, more life, less death. Weed science, we talked about how a, a certain cannabis can, cannabinoid is able to dampen fatal effects of COVID, but I did mention that, hmm, this may be something that a company wants for themselves, <laughs> right? If you read this study and you got money, you're going to invest in that company who found this study because now they have their way for the FDA not to... Kick him on the keister. Kick him on the keister. <laughs> where the hell did that come from? And last but not least, in Facing the Blunt, where I go deep on a cannabis topic, cannabis, we talked about how Snoop is the most recognizable cannabis brand, followed by Chiba Chews, and last but not least, Marley Natural. Of course, Snoop and Marley are, are huge proponents in the cannabis community. They are legends, all right? They are legends whose whose legend lives on. Everybody knows them. They smoke in their name. They have their t-shirts. They have their posters when they're in weed environments and they are heroes in the cannabis community. So of course their brand will be the most recognized. And I gave you a long, a super long list of cannabis statistics and stats you can use for yourself so that you can make the better decision in the cannabis industry so you can know what's going on. And maybe, maybe you can vote with your dollars to keep what you want these statisticians to know that tell these cannabis companies what to do Vote with your dollar. Buy high quality. All right. Buy by location. Buy independent. Because guess what? If you buy independent, you are helping a child go to college. If you're buying independent, you are helping an individual put food on a table. You are helping a person live out the American dream to own a business and be successful in America. If you choose an independent cannabis dispensary. I'm biased in this. You know that. I'm not a person that gives you the news, yada, 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 and dip off. I'm not owned by a big company that's whole goal not to piss off anybody. I'm giving you my perspective from my mind, my brain, and my heart. So that was all of our cannabis news today. Please hit rewind. If you, That's a lot of data, yo. So if you, if you want to take notes, plus rewind, write it down, put it in a folder, put it in a notebook where you know you're going to revisit it and revisit these stats in the future or in your next few decisions, all right? Vibe is important, but it's not the most important, but high quality is, all right? Location is, independence is, all right? People people like to spend less than $49 or they spend more than $200, all right? Hey, this has been a long ass episode. I felt like I shorted y'all with a little half an hour joint. Like my episode lasts as long as the episode of Insecure on HBO. 30 minutes ain't enough, all right? So I dropped y'all a whole hour on your head top. Let me see if I hit an hour. I felt like I hit an hour. I ain't hit an hour. It's all right, though. I, I was close enough. I tried my best, okay? But all right, as you know, 
We love giving you cannabis news and information. I told you I'm going hard on the podcast. You can hear it. I'm hungry. All right, I'm hungry. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm probably going to go eat something after this podcast. So, yo, thank you for listening. As always, follow us on different platforms, whether it be Apple Music. Follow us or subscribe to us on Google Play, Apple Music. Follow us on Instagram, Spotify. I said it right this time. And, you know, go ahead and show us some support. Reach out to us if you have something to say. Listen, I'm cool. I could talk to you guys. You, you see how I handle like racist in the comments on Instagram. I'm not screaming, attacking, going crazy. I'm being as logical as I can. I'll be as real as I can, too. All right. I love the fact that you're listening. I love all you guys who listen to the ads because you're helping us out a lot. If you listen through and not skip through. And uh, if you come here week after week, I got much love for you. I really do. And if you're out here fighting what's happening in the world with, with police, police brutality, racial discrimination and everything that falls on, under those lines, I have much, much deep spiritual love for you as well. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep fighting a good fight and keep being a good ethical person. All right. Have eth have ethics and have empathy. And maybe you don't see the same eye to eye as this Black Lives Matter movement. Maybe you are all lives matter type of person. But try to see things from our perspective because it's very important. The lack of empathy and understanding from that point is what's leading towards people being killed and for, for, for literally nothing. Because of the, the misunderstanding, the viewing of individuals different. And I'm not going to go ahead and go on a rant right now, but you already know what my heart is. <laughs> you feel me? It's, it's crazy times in 2020. We have to deal with World War Three in, in January. In February, it was fires across the nation, across the world, in Amazon and, and, and in Australia. And then we have the coronavirus that shut us down. Now we're on quarantine. All right. Now we have riots and, 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 and protests for civil liberties. And it's beautiful. I mean, it's simply amazing. 2020 really is a paradigm shift. The world is changing. And ask yourself, will you change with it? As always, stay tuned, stay high, high TV. Peace.